you are in a place where we desperately want you to find the hope of Jesus. <laughs> like, none of, this isn't hype. This isn't just uh, like, man, these people are, I mean, if you're new, you're like, dang, these people are like serious. Like, man, it's just we, we, his name is Jesus. We found redemption. I found hope for my soul. He's been set me free. Like, he is my guide. He is my light. I can't imagine navigating a day without him. If you're here today and you're, you're navigating without Jesus, today I, we want to invite you into the greatest experience you can have in your life. Not a life of bondage, but a life of freedom. It's a life of freedom. Can you get an amen? You believe that? It's a life of freedom. We found freedom. Yeah, give God some praise for that. That's all right. Let's go do more. Yeah. So if you have a Bible, let's go to Exodus 33. If you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to download Version. It's a great app. We are on that app now. If you go to events, uh, you can look up Core Church under events on Version. You'll find all the, the scriptures I'm going to read here in just a moment. Uh, you can take notes on there. There's a bunch of other stuff. There's a, a, a daily devotional that goes right along with the message all there under the events. I hope that helps you today. So we're in our series, uh, Amongst Life. <laughs> and I know that's uh, so strange. Some people are like, man, this is the weirdest name for a series. But uh, for those of you that knew, in January, I went away to a monastery because I wanted to learn from the monks. And so I went there and lived there for a week. And uh, there's two monasteries, actually, in Oklahoma. I was by the one at Lake Fort Gibson. These are amazing men, and I learned so much from them, so much that I wanted to bring it back, and we just made it into a series. So this is a series for Lent, and Lent is the season where we as followers of Jesus are preparing for the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl of the world, and that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our Super Bowl is coming. Our Super Bowl is coming, and Lent is all about that. And so on your, on your chairs are Amongst Life cards that will help you to just this to help you during the Lent season. There's challenges on there. In fact, uh, this week I want to talk to you about prayer and, and this idea that, that prayer is just about uh, drawing close to God and walking close with God. So in Exodus 33, we see the story of Moses and if there's anybody we can learn about prayer from, it would be Moses. If you're new to the scriptures, uh, the children of Israel had been in uh, slaved, enslaved from the Egyptians for about 400 years, and God set them free. When they were set free, they went to the, this mountain called Mount Sinai, and it was there. That's where the Ten Commandments, that's where the Ten Commandments came down, and that's where they got all that, was at Mount Sinai. And then from there, they left there, and they traveled through the wilderness on the way to a land that God had promised for them. And we pick up the story in Exodus 33, because Moses has just left the presence of God, but he wants a place to meet with God, so he constructs this this tent of meeting. In verse 7, it says, It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. And everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would they get up and they'd stand in the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses as he disappeared inside. And then as he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud, it would come down, it would hover at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses, when the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their, their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face, 
as one who speaks to a friend. And I like this little addendum. Scripture has these amazing stories and it just throws a little little note on the end of it. It says, uh, afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Now, that's a pretty significant moment because Joshua, a young man at the moment, but God was going to raise him up to be a, a mighty man of God. Like I'm seeing four mighty men of God, like right here, four young men right here that uh, on this. Yeah, you guys, there's three of you that see me, but the other one ain't even paying attention. He's, he's on, I don't know, he's on Snapchat. I don't know what he's on right now, but, but three of the four right now, uh, these young men, like this guy, Joshua was a young man. Like, look at this, what this is. Look at this. I'm, I'm preaching right now. Listen to this. And this is just for you guys. Listen to this. It says, Joshua, son of Nun, he has assisted him. He was a young man. Like, why would you even mention a young man? Who pays attention to the young man in a church service? It's not for me. I'm just the young guy hanging out. That's Moses. That's Moses. That's Joshua. Joshua, I'm just a young guy. I'm just hanging out at tent meeting. What's this all about? God was preparing him because one day he was gonna be the one who would ultimately lead the people into the promised land. That is God's destiny for the four of you. God is raising you up, not just to be young men who hang out in church, because dad's making me hang out in church and take notes and stuff and all that, and so I try to appease him. That's cool, but God has a purpose and a plan and great destinies for all four of you. I'm telling you, be laser focused laser focus, raise up, be a Joshua in this generation, lead people, lead people wherever God puts you. And that's good preaching. Let's just go home right now. That is good. Those guys are glad I'm moving over here. They're like, man, I'm going to look up when he's talking next time so he doesn't embarrass me like that. I love those guys. I've watched a couple of them grow up (laughs) in this church. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the moments we have just to have fun, to laugh, but also to just to speak things into existence, uh, healing and life. May life come into this place today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, you can sit down. Well, it, it's just crazy uh, that... In just uh, about 30 minutes, Laura and I are going to leave, and we're going to get on a plane, and we're going to, it's here, where we're going to Ethiopia. And I, I couldn't be more excited about what's getting ready to transpire. I was talking to a friend of mine this week, and he said, hey, Brett, are, are you nervous? And I was like, well, I mean, honestly, no, I'm not nervous at all. He goes, well, you should be. And I'm like, okay, I give. Why? <laughs> You're going to a foreign country, Brad. Like, you don't know anybody. You don't know anybody. You don't know the language. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what's happening. You don't know where you're doing, all that. And I go, well, I wasn't nervous before, but I am now. Thanks a lot. And I really was. This week, I've been like, I better, I better get it in gear, okay? And so I started talking to people I know who have been there. And I was talking to one person, and they said, um, do you have your cash for your visa? And I said, yes, I'm using cash and a visa while I'm there. Yes, thank you very much. They're like, no, 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 no. You need cash for your visa. I'm like, what are you talking about? You have to have $50 U.S. currency when you get off the plane or you can't get your visa and you won't go anywhere. I did not know that. (laughs) Okay, thank you so much. And then they said, how are you getting um, to the hotel from the airport? And I was like, well, Uber, of course. (laughs) 
which they inform me. Brad, you're in Ethiopia. They don't have Uber. Oh, okay. Well, I give. How am I getting to the airport? And they said, well, you can take a taxi. And I'm like, oh, okay, I got that. I can take a taxi. They said, but, but, but. They, they barter, so it's all on a barter system. I go, okay, I can handle that. But they don't speak English. I'm like, Wait, they don't speak it. No, they don't. They, I said, well, what do they speak? They said, they speak Amharic. I said, they speak what? They said, they speak Amharic. I go, well, I speak Amharic. I mean, <laughs> close enough, right? <laughs> I was so much trouble. <laughs> and then they're like, do you have the adapter? Somebody else said, do you have the adapter for your phone to plug in the wall? I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that 220, 124, 20, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but I got to have the adapter for my phone. And then, oh, be careful what you eat. And then don't drink the water. Make sure you use a rubber band around your toothbrush to remind you. And I'm like, I didn't know that. And they're like, oh yeah. And because Laura's going with you, Make sure she doesn't show her shoulders. And I was like, well, yeah, I get that because she is smoking hot. So <laughs> they're like, no, has everything to do with the culture. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And, and so I, uh, last week I was talking to, um, called up some of the pastors there that I'm going to hopefully meet with. And I said, I'll call them up. And, and I'm, in, I'm in a coffee shop. And I knew I was in trouble right when they answered the phone. And he goes, up. Yes, hello. Uh, yeah, this is Brad Farnsworth calling from the United States. Good, nice, okay. Wonder, hello. <laughs> okay, and you know when there's a when there's a language barrier, what do we do? <laughs> there's two things we do to overcome the language barrier. Okay, number one, we talk slower, and number two, we we talk louder. <laughs> it's dumb. It's dumb, but we all do it. So here I am at the coffee shop. I am coming to Ethiopia. Just good, okay, nice, that good. I'm like, oh man, I am. Everybody in the coffee shop laughing at me. I mean, it's like, ugh. There's nothing better than being a local. Because when you're a local, you know, the customs, you know, the traditions, you know, the language, you know, anybody here, a local, born and bred in the Tulsa area, raise your hand, born and bred, yeah, look at that, I, not me, I, but I consider myself a local, because I've lived here for about 30 years, and, and when you're a local, you just know, like, you know the best places to eat, I know one of the best places to eat is Apple Barrel, because the food just flows over the plate, and I can tell you right where it's at, if you're in Broken Arrow, I, I don't know the streets, because if you're a local, you don't know the street or intersections, you just identify it by landmarks. Like, if you want to go to one in Broken Arrow, I'm like, yes, yeah, by the old movie star movie theater. Some of y'all nodding your heads, you know right where I'm talking about. Some of y'all are like, I don't know where that's at, because you ain't no local. And if you're, if you're in Tulsa, I go, oh, you're in Tulsa. It's over by the Union 6th, 7th grade center and the old brother hooligans. Yeah, some of y'all, you like, you know it. Oh, you're in Bixby? You know where the Taco Bueno is and the Sutherlands and the, and the Quick Trip? Yeah, I do. Because I'm a, a local. I mean, I speak the language. I mean, in, in the South, they say y'all, but, but not here in Oklahoma, man. We take it up a notch. We say all y'all. That's what we say, all y'all. I mean, I know as a local, you're not, you shouldn't be on the Broken Air Expressway at 4.30 in the afternoon. You just don't go there. I know in Oklahoma, we experience all four seasons in a week. Because <laughs> I'm a local. I think when it comes to prayer, so many of us, we feel like we're trying to navigate a foreign country. It's so 
confusing. Like, do I, do I sit? Do I stand? Do I, do I kneel? And, and I mean, and, and, and somebody says, hey, have you tapped into the power? And you're like, what, is that 220? Is that 110? I mean, what is that? What do you mean tapped into the power? I don't even know what that means. And, and, and is God, you ever got this? Is God, does he even hear my prayer? And can I even, how do I know if I'm hearing from, there's like this language barrier. So you talk loud and slow. It's me, God. Will you help me? I mean, you just, it's frustrating when you're not a local. You ever run into a local, somebody who's really good at prayer? Like you can just tell they just, they just navigate it so well. It's so flawless. They, they say things like, you know, um, yeah, so I was talking to God the other day. And you're like, you were talking to God. You talked to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so anyway, so what God said to me, like, God spoke to you? Like God spoke, you heard, you understood what he said. Well, yeah. And, and, and when they pray, it's this language that you don't know. It's like some kind of King James version of like, I beseech thee, O Lord, in thy awesome mighty power. I mean, it's just, thou art worthy. I mean, it's just, you're like, what? They actually don't pray like that, but <laughs> give them a point. Man, I mean... All of us want to pray. If you're a follower of Jesus, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you want to pray. You want to know God hears your prayers, and you want to know that he's speaking to you, and you're able to speak to him. But so many of us, man, we, we just don't sense that, and so we don't pray. So I want us to look at Moses, because I think Moses is a guy we could, we could really learn how uh, to pray from this guy, get some, some really good tips and some things that I think will help us, because, I mean, this is a guy who talked directly to God, and God talked directly to him. Look back at Exodus chapter 33 and, and, and verse 8. It says, whenever Moses went out to the, say this with me, the what? The tent of meeting. Come on, one more time. Say it with me. The what? The tent of meeting. This is key. We're going to come to that. All the people would get up, stand at the entrances of their own tents, and they would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside the tent. So remember this, Moses, he, he's met with God on Mount Sinai. He's been with God, and now he's in the wilderness, and, and he wants to have an, a place now where he could meet with God. So, so he creates this, this tent. He makes a, a tent and a place to pray. If you're taking notes, I'd, I would like for you to write this down, because here's the first thing we learn from Moses, and this is the, uh, so key, so simple, but so key to prayer. I need a place to pray. I, I need a place to pray. And let me put an addendum on that. You, you really, I, I need the right place to pray. That's really, I need the right place to pray. Uh, because I, I talk to people and, they, and they'll say, oh, you know, Brad, I, I just pray in the car on my way to work. That's, that's just my time for prayer. Man, more power to you. I can't do that because it's so distracting. I'll be, on, I'll be on the Broken Arrow Expressway, and I'm just cruising along. And I'm like, all right, all right, God. So I just thank you, Father, for what you have for me. You idiot! <laughs> what would you? Not you, God, that guy. If you could strike him right now with a flat tire, that would be awesome. And I'm, <laughs> Y'all shouldn't be laughing because that, that's, that's like legit. That's exactly what I... And, and so then I'm like, this is... Really, what happens to me? I'll be like, sorry, God. Okay, I'm going to try again. I'm just refocus, God. And, and I, just, I just thank you for what you're doing in my life. Journey is coming to the hard rock? <laughs> what? 
Don't stop believing. Hold on to that feeling. Streetlights, people. That's how it goes for me when I try to pray in the car. This doesn't work. I like what the Apostle Paul said. He wrote to the uh, church in Colossia, and he said this to them in a letter he wrote. He said, devote yourselves to prayer with what? So only half of you saw that or said that because the other half of you ain't even alert. Okay? Let's say it again. Devote yourselves to prayer with what? An alert mind, not, not a distracted mind, an alert mind. Like Moses, it says, he went out. Moses went out away from the distractions so he could be alert. And Moses wasn't the only one. Jesus did this. Jesus often, it says, withdrew from the crowds. They were pressing on him. They were pulling on him. He was God, but he was a man, and he was busy, too much going on, and he had to push them away, move away, away from distractions. It says he would go to the wilderness. He'd go to a mountain. One of his favorite places was go to a, a garden. And this, this is what I loved about uh, with the monks, why I was drawn to go be with them, because of their, their passion and their devotion to prayer is like nothing I've ever heard of. And it's, it's like, man, I gotta go spend some time. I wanna learn how to pray from these guys. And so I, I, I went, and what I didn't know is they pray a lot, okay? A lot, like four to eight times a day they pray. Now, when I heard that, I immediately thought, well, of course they do. What else have they got to do but pray? And that's what they're devoted their life to. Well, when I went out there, I didn't realize that they are self-sufficient. They have to, if they're going to get it, they have to provide for most of what they have. Like, they have to prepare three meals a day. And so they have people that are cooking. They pr pr provide their own food. So they have a, a working farm out there where vegetables, and they, they have cattle out there, and they have sheep, and they have lambs. They, they even fix if something breaks at the monastery. I didn't think this. They, but they have monks that work on fixing things. So they have a shop. And so I'm watching. I'm walking one time. One of the monks walks out of the church. He's got his robe on, and he's walking, and he's got a tool belt on. <laughs> he's just walking like this. Because even monks walk like that in Oklahoma with the tool belt. But he, so he, I was like, man, it's crazy. So I, I, was, I went and I wanted to talk to uh, one of the monsignors. And I just asked him about I said, man, just your devotion to prayer is just, man, it's so inspiring to me. And he just, he laughed. He's like, Brad. It's like, what? He goes, even monks get distracted. Even monks get distracted? I said, yeah. He said, um, we're always constantly, he said, that's why we have a bell. So they have a bell. They would ring this bell, and, and the men would leave their work and leave what they were doing, and they would go to this place where they would pray. Do, do you have a place? You, you need a, a place. It doesn't have to be a, a monastery. It doesn't have to be the wilderness like Jesus. It doesn't even have to be a, a, a tent. But, but do you have a place? Moses had a place. He had a, a tent where he would meet with God away from the distractions. I, I have a, a buddy of mine that is, I say buddy, he's really more of a mentor to me and a retired pastor. And he was telling me his place is this old uh, lazy boy chair in his house and he'll go to that place. But he said, I can't sit in it, Brad, because if I sit in it, I'll fall asleep. 
He said, so and I thought I took comfort in that. I was like, wow, even a retired pastor I, he falls asleep. I'm in good company because I often fall asleep when I pray. And, and so he said, I have to sit on the floor so I don't fall asleep. And then uh, Laura, one of her best friends, she's got a prayer closet, and I have been over to see her actual prayer closet. It's underneath the stairs, and on one side, she has all these scriptures, and on the other side, she has um, all these prayers she's praying, and then she has a table, and then she has a Bible, and she has drawing things and all the, this stuff. And for me, it's just simple. It's, it's the chair at my kitchen table. My family is known since they were little. All my children have known since they were little. When Dad's sitting in that chair in the morning, He's talking to God. And that, I go to that chair. And do, do you have a place, you know? Where is your place? You got, you got to have, turn to somebody and tell them, you need a place. You need a, a place. It, it might be the table. It might be a chair. It might be a closet. It might be your backyard. It might be that you need to go for a walk. It might be your bed. I wouldn't say in your bed because you're just going to be lights out, maybe on the side of your bed. But do you have a place? This is what our challenge is this week. If you look on the Amongst Life card, our challenge this week is to pray three, three times a day for three minutes a day. I'd encourage you, I'd one up that one. I'd say add, add to that one of those times, instead of three minutes, make it 30 minutes. Make it 30 minutes. Find a place where you can be with God. Verse nine says this, as he went uh, into the tent, the pillar of cloud, it would come down, it would hover at its entrance while, say this with me, while what? The Lord spoke with Moses. Come on, turn to somebody next to you and tell them, that is crazy awesome. That is just crazy awesome. The Lord spoke to Moses. Man, uh, so many people, when I, when I get to talking about prayer, one of the things you probably heard this too is, man, I pray, but I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. And as I was preparing this message this week and I started thinking about how busy we are, I, I thought, I wonder, I wonder if it's not that it has little to do with being busy and more to do with belief. The reason I don't go to a place, the reason I don't pray is because I just, if I'm transparent and honest, I just don't believe God is going to answer my prayers. I don't even know if he hears me. There's this language gap. I, I don't know if I hear, I don't, I, I wouldn't know if he's talking to me. I, I just, I'm struggling. I don't know because I, I just don't sense it. I don't feel it. I, I don't, I, so because of that, we use busy as the reason because when really the underlying current is I don't believe. Because we all know a Moses. Don't you, that person that, that seems to have the direct connection, they're, they're kind of, they're the holy person. They're, they're set apart. They're righteous before God. Like they, where they walk, there's just like this, the cloud is over them and around them. And you're like, yeah, I mean, of course God hears their prayers. Of course God listens to them because they're not a screw up like me. Hey, Amen. I mean, honestly, like I think the reason God doesn't talk to me is because I keep messing up all the time. And if I could just get things right, if I could just be holy and righteous and angelic, then maybe God would hear me. Can I tell you and hear me on this? That is a lie. And that is not true. The Apostle Paul addresses that, and he talks about it in Ephesians. In Ephesians 2.18, he says this, Now all of us, come on, all of us, somebody say, all y'all, all y'all, <laughs> I love that, can come 
I got you to say it. That was great. Can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. All y'all can come to the Father. See, at this point, Moses, this is Old Covenant before Jesus, and only Moses, only the prophets, only the priests, they were the only ones that could speak to God, and then they would come tell the people. But thanks be to God, what we are going to celebrate here in two weeks is that Jesus came, he died, his blood was shed, yes, for the forgiveness of sin, primarily for salvation, but also his blood covers me, makes me righteous and holy, and now I can enter into the Holy of Holies. I can enter into the tent of meeting. I can talk to the Father face to face. Come on, that's some good news. I can talk to the Father. I went to see Switchfoot in concert a couple weeks ago. I don't know if anybody remembers Switchfoot, uh, great 90s band, I love them. And I went with Donnie Dentley and Todd Wetzel and the biggest Switchfoot fan in the entire world, Pastor Eric Hawkinson, right over here. <laughs> I am not kidding you. Those of you who know him, they're laughing because, man, this guy, he is like a obsessed fan. Like, he is, uh, I, I went, I walked into his office the week before, just give me an idea, I walked into his office the week before the concert, and I said, man, I wonder, I wonder what songs they're going to do, because I'm hoping they're going to do this song, and he goes, oh, I can tell you, Brad, I can tell you, I looked up their last four set lists, and here's what they played, and they're like, who does that? <laughs> man, he's like a, he's on their stalker list, okay, they've got a picture of him, look for this man. So we go to the concert, and we're standing in the pit. We get pit passes, and we're like in the, in the pit. And, and I'm, I'm going to be very honest with you. I actually prayed that, that, that and I like felt like I was, I anointed him with oil that he could get up on stage with, with John Foreman, the lead singer. It did not happen. But they did, John Foreman, the lead singer, he did see this young guy in the crowd who was holding a banner and called him up on stage. We took a picture of it. This is this young high school kid. And he wanted John to sing this song. And John was like, I don't know if I remember this. It's kind of an album cut. And he said, I'm going to sing it. And he said, but you need to sing it with me. This kid got to sing with John Foreman. I thought Eric was going to come out of his skin, okay? <laughs> it's like, man, how awesome would it be to be on stage with John Foreman? So we leave the concert, go home. Next morning, I wake up, and I look on Twitter, and John Foreman, an hour after the show, said, hey, I'm hanging out out back if anybody wants to come hang with me. Oh, oh missed an opportunity to hang. That's happening to so many followers of Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I would love to be that person on the stage like Pastor Brad and have the direct connection to God or, or like the prayer team that's all across the front here at the end of the service. Like those people, they have, ah, man, they have access to God. I wish I could get to God like them. And God's saying, oh, hey, anybody, all y'all, everybody has access to me. We all have equal access. That's good news. We all have equal access but we don't all have equal faith. See, Moses, Moses, when he was walking through that camp, 
He was moved by faith. He was moved by expectancy. Think about this. He's going to the tent, and all he's thinking is, I'm getting ready to go meet with the God of the universe. I'm getting ready to meet with the creator. I'm getting ready to go and meet with the one who gave me breath. I'm getting ready to go to meet with the one who has called me blessed. And he's like, I'm headed. He knows. In faith, he's moving towards that tent. In faith that God is going to show up. And the picture I get in my mind is this, that God is watching Moses from heaven. And he's like, there is my son. And he is moving towards a place that he wants to meet with me. Time out up here. I got to go meet with Moses. And so he's moving. As Moses moves, God moves. As Moses moves, God moves. And boom, shows up in the tent and speaks to him. This is what God desires to do in you. You have got to have an expectancy that God is going to show up. If I go to that chair, if I go on that walk, if I go into that closet, if I kneel next to my bed, that as I move, God is going to meet me in that place. And this is what I want to tell you. God is moved by faith. He is moved. As you move in faith, he moves in faith. Like he sees you, he sees you get up out of your bed like you're exhausted, you're tired. It's been a long day, a long week, and a long night, and God sees your faith. Man, if they're going to get up and they're, they're going to carve out time and they sees you moving, God sees you moving towards that place, and God's like, hang on, my child is moving to that place, I'm going to go show up and I'm going to reward that faith. This is who our God is. This is what he wants to do for you. This is what he wants to do for me. I think we all desire that. We all want that. But man, then we get to this place where we're like, okay, when I'm there, I, I just don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I just don't, I don't sense him. I don't hear him. I don't know what to do. Let's do what the children of Israel did. Look at this, verse 10. When the people saw the clouds standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. So the, the example here is this, that, that they would watch Moses and they'd watch him go and be with God and they would just follow his example. He's going into the tent to pray, I'm gonna go into the tent and pray. So not only do I need a place to pray, but I'd like for you to write this down, I need a people who pray. I need a people who pray. I need to get around people who know how to pray. Like, I need to borrow their prayers. Like, there's no copyrights on prayers, by the way. You can borrow it. You can do it word for word. You can record it on your phone, just secretly like, yeah, okay, a little louder. Okay. Or listen to that later. I mean, whatever it takes, borrow their, borrow their faith. You don't have the faith, borrow their faith. This is what I love about when we get together for core midweek. We just had core midweek out there in the lobby last Wednesday night. It was powerful. I mean, the presence of God was so thick. And what I love in that environment is it's a praying environment. We have these, we have these tables set up, and we call it table prayer, and they'll get around tables, and they'll start praying around these tables. But here's what I want you to know, because I know why some of you don't come. Well, that's for the righteous and holy ones of God who've been set apart and been to the mountain of God. No, it's not. It's for all y'all. Okay? It's for everybody. And those of you who've been, isn't this how it goes down? You go and you sit at the table and they start praying around the circle and you're like, dang it, I did sit next to the righteous one of God set apart by the lamb. And because they can pray heaven down, you're like, I'm going to get busted. They're going to know I don't pray. They're going to know I don't. But then there's somebody in the circle, they pray, and you're like, whoo, 
Ooh, brother, you need some work on that one. That was, wow. <laughs> but what's funny is you're inspired by the one who stumbled because you thought, man, if they have the guts to pray and if they struggle with prayer, I guess I'm in good company. I guess it's okay. I love it because our men, uh, when, at the end of the night, the men will get with men and the women will get with the women. And I love that because men pray different than women do. We like to share our feelings. We like to talk a lot before we pray. We got to get caught up on stuff. You know, roundabout, back to the prayer request. That's how we roll as men. I'm getting some freedom up here right now. We like to hug. We're huggers. Mm. Mm. Affection, good thing. No, the truth is, though, is that I've seen this, is that when men, and I can't speak for you women, but I've seen this, when men get in a circle with, with men and women, they, they can pray, but, but their prayers aren't as deep and they aren't as real and raw as when they get in a circle with men. I've seen this even in our groups. Uh, some of our groups, they practice this, our core groups, is that they'll, they'll get together, but, they'll, but the men will go off and pray with the men, and the women will go off and pray with the men, and just something happens is that men see that another man is struggling with this, and they can talk about things that they can't talk about in other environments, and you ladies, it's the same thing, and I love that about our groups. I love that about our prayer team. Get around people, borrow their faith, borrow their prayers. So verse 11 says this. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one who speaks to a friend. Let that rest on you for just a minute. God spoke to Moses like a friend. The God of all creation said, Moses, you're my friend. And then Moses spoke to God. They had, this, they had this friendship. See, pr prayer was never meant to be transactional. Prayer is meant to be relational. Jesus himself, when he gathered with his disciples, he said this. He said, now I call you my friends. See, God's desire is to be your friend, to have a, a friendship with you. In fact, when you look at that word friend, when Jesus said, I call you friends, listen to some of the other words that can be used for, for friend here. Jesus is saying, you're dearly loved. This is, this is what Jesus is saying to you. Like, man, you're important to me. Like, I value you. I, I, I love you. I care about you. The, the word that you use there is this idea of it being a prize, of being a precious possession, that you have value, you have worth. This is what God thinks about you. I love this. It says that word friendship means trusted confidant. I think of it this way. I trust you, God, but I don't think, why would you ever trust me? But what God is saying is, I want to trust you. I have hopes, I have dreams, I have plans, I have desires for you, I have things I want to do through your life. I know you can do it. I trust you with what I am about to impart to you. That's powerful. This is the kind of friendship that he desires to have with us. See, prayer is just simply this, building a friendship. Building a friendship with God. Getting with God. and Talking with him. 
knowing sometimes he's going to speak, he's going to say amazing things, and sometimes you're going you're gonna to get with God, and, and there's not going to be anything. Here's the interesting thing, though, about silence and not hearing anything. You ever notice that the only time you're uncomfortable with silence is when you're with a stranger? When you're with a friend or somebody that you love and that you care about, that knows you intimately and you know them intimately and you're tight with, you could, hours could pass and you've not said a word. You go on a, on a walk with them or you, you sit with, with them. I, I was sitting last night with, with Daniel Surratt and Daniel and I are friends and we were watching a, a basketball game last night and, we, and there was times we were just sitting there and I was just like, Man, it's cool just to be able to sit with a friend and it not feel awkward. Because when you're with a stranger, you're like, I gotta feel the silence. <laughs> Awkward. Does it feel like that with God? That's not what God intends for you. God wants a friendship with you. He desires that maybe there's times where, yes, he does speak to you. He's, you've got the word and he opens it to you. Or there's an impression that you get and you're like, whew. I think I just heard from God. That's what God wants to do for you. And there's times where you'll be with God and, and, and it'll just be silence. And, and I, I talked about this last week, but sometimes I think it's just okay to just, just to sit and hang out with God. That's becoming some of my favorite times, by the way. I just sit there for like 30 minutes. I'm not getting anything. Except that I'm just like, I'm with you, God. I'm just with you. You got me. Whatever you want, whatever you need. I don't know what it is today, but you got me. That's what God desires is a, a friendship with you.